4: Welcome to a tough Tuesday here on Birds 365 24 hours after we last convened, and uh, the pain is still pretty significant. At least that's what I'm getting from Eagles fans that I talked to last night on WIP and on my social media. hasn't hasn't subsided just yet, John.
5: Gotta turn the page, Jody. Turn it. Flush it.
4: I know that's everybody's uh, stance at this time, and and I certainly hope that they can do it. The Eagle players, coaches, yeah. everyone directly associated with the team. Us who are on the outside looking in, uh, not as pressing a need. Uh, so you handle it the way that you handle it. And I think you just let your emotions be what they're going to be. Uh, but you buying that when Nick Sirianni says it? You think it's just that easy? All right, we flush it. We've moved on. It's It's almost as if it didn't happen. These are good words, but are they actually something that you can make happen?
5: Uh, I I always talk about human nature. There's a human nature aspect to it. But, yeah, I think in general it's much easier for the team and the players because they do have to turn the page. I mean, they're right on to the next thing. It's, you know, the fans, they don't have to prepare for Dallas. They're just going to show up and flick on the TV or travel um, if people are going down there. Uh, and they'll be ready to go on the weekend. So they have a lot more time. The Eagles have to turn the page and make adjustments and try to fit a new player in and uh, all, all this kind of stuff. It, it, it's kind of hard um, to, to stick on one thing if you're actually on a team in the NFL because things do move so quickly. So in a lot of ways, it kind of takes care of itself.
4: And one thing I'll say about this particular team, the 2023 20, Philadelphia Eagles, they they were 10-1 coming into the game, now 10-2. They didn't linger over previous wins. And there was a couple that you could have lingered over, some that you kind of just shook your head and said, all right, we won, that's a good thing, and knew that it wasn't uh, mm-hmm. exactly uh, the way it was supposed to be, but a win is a win is a win. Th- they haven't shown that this year. This isn't a team that a game... Good or bad, sticks with them. They have shown the ability to just, as you just said, turn the page. And it's probably more necessary this week than any other week. Or is it? I was thinking about this this morning when I was prepping for the show. This is only the second time the Eagles have had to turn the page after a loss. The previous one, of course, was to the Jets. And that was tough to swallow, too, for a very different reason. This one was because so much emotion was tied to it. That this game was as important as it was with the 49ers, legitimate contenders to be the number one team in the NFC. Jets were just bad. Jets were a, a Zach Wilson led squad that when you went up and down the rosters, you go, All right, Philadelphia, you got to win this game. I did. I yeah, Before the season started, I picked the Jets. No, Aaron Rodgers, I picked the Eagles. And uh, we both were wrong about that one which was a more bitter pill to swallow jet loss 49er loss
5: oh i think the 49er loss uh, as you mentioned with the jets and and truthfully they they kind of know they beat themselves so you know that one's kind of easy to dust yourself off of and say just don't do stupid things and you're probably going to win the game this one they got smacked they got smacked they got punched in the face they got outplayed they got out physical they got outperformed and they're not used to that um for the past two years, I mean, it generally doesn't happen. Even when they do lose, like the Super Bowl, they're in the game and they're fighting. They weren't in that game. They got they got they got routed. Uh, they got they got handled, and they are not used to that. So to me, that's the most interesting part of it because it's been a long time. I think you got to go back to the playoff game Marcus mentioned it. I meant to look um uh in Tampa when it was 31 nothing they got handled. Yep. Um but they weren't supposed to be good back then, you know. They were a surprise playoff team. They that was a a surprise early step um against a still Tom Brady led team. So even that I don't think has the same import is this because they thought they were the best team in the league and San Francisco stepped into their own building, which is usually a, a house of horrors for opposing teams. And they said, eh, we're going to beat the, you know what out of you. And they beat the, you know what out of them. That's bottom line. So uh,
4: that lends itself to a pretty good question. We're right back to where we started six months ago, uh, turning the page. They're not used to turning this page. Turning a page is one thing. Turning a page after you look at the page before you turn it, oh, my God, we got crushed. Oh, my God, we got smacked around. Oh, my God, we got dominated. That doesn't happen to this group of Philadelphia Eagles. So, again, I'll return to good words. I understand Nick Sirianni going to say him and all the players are going to say him. Easier said than done. It just isn't a loss. This was an embarrassing loss. Does that make it that much more difficult to turn a page?
5: I think it's easier said than done for some of the young players, especially some of the young players from, you know, Georgia and Alabama who are used to winning every week and they come to the NFL and they keep winning and, you know, they don't know how the other half lives. I think it's a lot easier for the Kelsey's and Brandon's and, lanes and fletchers of the world who have been through it all they've seen the ups they've seen the downs they've seen how this league can humble you very quickly um jalen carter was talking about you're not used to it he got frustrated I mean, you know you don't know what losing is and and to get beat like that um you know jordan davis Devonte smith on and on and on there's so many georgian and and and, and alabama guys on this team but um yeah, we're going to have to see. And the good thing is they got another tough test. This is the game of the year. We can officially say this is the game of the year. We can officially say it because if they win this game, there's there's a number of things. Basically, they win the division. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, they got a, a nice inside track to the number one seed, unless they pull the Jets again uh, over the final three weeks and lose to the Giants or the Cardinals. Um, So you win the division. You're in really, really good position to uh, get the number one seed. You stop a 14-game winning streak by Dallas at home, so you send a message to them sort of like San Francisco just did to you. We don't care. We're going to come into your place that you've dominated. We're going to beat you. This is the game of the year and the rivalry aspect of it. This is the game of the year. Um, Not Kansas City, not Buffalo, not San Francisco. This is the official game of the year. And if the Eagles can win it, um, it means a lot.
4: Right. And if I said it once last week, I said it 20-some-odd times. Last Last week was game of the year to that point. And then you continue to play, and if a game surpasses it, it becomes the game of the year. I firmly believe last week going into San Francisco, it was game of the year. But now you're right. The game of the year becomes the Dallas game. And not just for the Eagles. And this is probably going to sound braggadocious, but I firmly believe it for the entire National Football League. Last week was the game of the year, not for the Birds, in the NFL. And I believe this week, Dallas against Philadelphia, Sunday night football primetime. What's at stake? It's a game of the year again. <laughs> that, that's what happens when you're 10 and one, now 10 and 2, and you've got the best record, and you were in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, you, you, you're gonna be the the focus of the National Football League, and the Eagles are. The focus was pretty bright lights last week, and the Eagles shrunk. We now have to see if they can uh, jump back up to the status they had before San Francisco put, put a beat down on them. All right, uh, 11 minutes into the show. We haven't mentioned the newest Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, you and I were texting yesterday about a different subject, and you said to me, "I take you've seen that they've signed Shaq Leonard, and I was very busy doing something yesterday morning, so I didn't even know. I hadn't heard, so I had to go uh, look up the uh, official announcements. And it was just notes by guys like – uh, Schefter and the like, that uh, he would come to an agreement with the Eagles. No details on the contract yet, but uh he does get signed by Monday, which tells me if he has a good couple of practices or walkthroughs, tomorrow be a walkthrough, right? But it's got to be Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, right? they're
6: walking through tomorrow. <laughs> that should come as a surprise to absolutely no one. Um You think Leonard will be up and ready to play by uh, Sunday against the Cowboys, right?
5: Yeah, uh, Nick said we'll see, but uh, no, I think he's going to play. Yeah, um, we, we, we've we seen it in the past, uh, and I always, you know, the Kevin Byard example versus the Bradley Roby example. Um, Kevin was playing, Bradley wasn't, so you had a little bit more of a ramp-up period for Bradley. Shaq has been playing a couple of weeks off, but he's been playing. So, yeah, and, and and you add into the fact that the linebackers are coming off such a poor game. Um that factors into it as well he'll he'll certainly be out there will he be out there for the majority of the snaps that's the biggest question um it'll be interesting to see how they handle um because i don't think zach cunningham's gonna play this week but we'll see we haven't even gotten to wednesday and an estimated injury reports grant calcaterra had a high ankle sprain i mean by all circumstances, he should have been out longer, but he was back last week. So you never know. Uh But I I, I don't like the odds of Zach Cunningham playing. And if he doesn't, you know, who's going to play the most snaps at linebackers? Is it going to be Nick Morrow? Is it going to be Shaq Leonard? Uh, you're coming off that Nick Morrow game. The shoe dropped. <laughs> Man, did the shoe drop. Um, I don't know if that's a good one, uh, dropping for the Eagles because, as I said, you know Nick Morrow was playing pretty well, I would say overall, and that ended um, against San Francisco, and they really took advantage of him in the passing game. He was the main culprit for all the yards after catch. the The numbers, Jody, are insane. The yards after catch, I think they had three fifteen or something, two fourteen. Um, and I'll look it up. Or you, we're after the catch. That's unbelievable. And most of them are against Nick Morrow in coverage. Um, so are you going to go back to Nick Morrow? I don't know. Um, you might have to. And
4: that th- those numbers being as slanted as, as you just gave, is that not an indictment on D- D- Deshaun Desai? I that think so. They, they, they got caught in those coverages yeah. that the 49ers were able to isolate the guy that Nick Marr was going against. And we get him the football, watch him turn it upfield and uh, several times get all the way to the house. he, he we, you and I get into uh, a fun little debate about uh, the halftime adjustments. I, I know. Yeah, we all got... Nobody goes into a blackboard and writes anything down. But even in just Sean Desai's mind, him making the adjustments himself before he's going to strategize and put them out there on the field to do, apparently he lost the mojo and the ability to do that because it only got worse in the second half than it did in the first half. It, w- w- after the first time, that uh morrow gets beaten as badly as he does don't you have to adjust it was debo mostly uh i know morrow's got to cover somebody out of the backfield but uh i guess that they could have just going kept going to the guy that they did uh that was that was a pretty poor job by not only the eagles but the eagle coaching staff in my estimation
5: no i agree um you know on one hand what do you do though who else do you have i mean that's kind of fair um, he's almost got to be out, out, right? I mean, but um, so uh, 151 yards after the catch on Nick Morrow, 151 on a linebacker. I mean, I've never seen anything like it.
4: it a lot it, of that, a lot of those are, are uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, what is what is Nick Morrow doing covering Debo Samuel?
5: Well, it's not you know obviously the Eagles play a lot of of uh, matchup zone, which some people call man. It's got man principles, but it's really a zone coverage. You, I mean, you take the bubble screen would be the best example. Is that really only Nick Morrow? Uh, no, but they probably blamed it on Nick Morrow. They definitely did. Looking at the numbers, yeah. Um, Probably because he was the closest. Um, but yeah, there's more to it. Um, and it and it was the defense as a whole. Like I I mean the passer rating against Mora was 156.3, which if you're around the NFL, perfect is one fifty-eight point three. Um by the way, the passer rating against Eli Ricks, one fifty-eight point three. I mean, i, I I always say it's players first. I'm not going to sit here. A lot of fans like always like to blame the coaches and don't sure. like to blame the players because they don't want to criticize their own players.
4: But they'll criticize first. their own coaches, which I think yeah. is
5: funny. I know. Players first, players first, players first, I always say. but And they didn't play well. But could Sean have done some different things to help them? Yeah, I think that's fair. I did
4: not have a very good game. I just want to make this one note. I see Tommy Lawler, our buddy uh, from... Uh, inside the Eagles is going to jump in with us uh in just a sec. um If it makes you feel any better, Eagles fans, and I'm trying here for you guys, I really am. The Eagles weren't the only team to get upset this weekend. Not a good weekend for either current and or ex Eagles coaches. Andy Reid got picked off Sunday night in Green Bay against the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love is coming around a little bit. I watched. I, I was game. on that
5: Jordan Love trade. I left it I stepped I stepped off but I am back on.
4: Okay, um, good 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 job jumping back on. Um I, I I was off and I'm still not 100% back but I have got to admit I
5: got a couple of breaks. Like, By the was, way, for the officiating people, sorry Jody, but like Kansas City got screwed. All year I hear uh Kansas City gets this, Kansas City gets that, Kansas City blah blah blah. Well, they got screwed in Green Bay. I mean, obvious Pass interference called wasn't called, so you know control what you control. Some some calls are going to go your way, some calls aren't. Even if you're Kansas City, Philadelphia, it happens to everybody, and it happened to Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, to his credit, Patrick Mahomes said, "I'd rather they let us play than the than the alternative."
4: And I too want to give Mahomes credit because he said what he said, but part of it was. Kansas City had just gotten a real good call that looked to be a mistake call prior to. Now, the pass interference was the bigger of the two calls, so they got one, and they lost one, and they lost the bigger one, and you'd, of course, complain about it, but Mahomes said, yeah, come on, we got to play. It's up to us. we got to make the plays, and they didn't. So the Chiefs got picked off, and then last night, ex-Eagles Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson got beat by the Cincinnati Bengals' sons' Joe Burrow Uh, The backup QB comes in Browning and goes just up and down the field against that Jaguar defense, not good. Uh, And uh, in late stages of the game, Trevor Lawrence turned an ankle. He had to be helped off the field. That looked bad. Didn't know the extent of it. By the end of the Monday night broadcast, they were saying they think it was just a sprain, not high ankle sprain. They didn't even know his ankle when he was uh, helped off the field, had to be taken off the field. So uh, it didn't look like it was a massive injury that means he's going to miss a ton of time. I'm not telling you he's guaranteed to play this upcoming week, but it's still to be determined. But they weren't supposed to lose at home last night to the Joe Burrow, less Cincinnati Bengals. So Eagles aren't the only team that got picked off this past week. Just anyone associated with the Eagles, either the Eagles themselves, Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, were the biggest upset losers of the week. All right, we'll talk about the upset. It wasn't an upset because the 49ers were actually the favorite in the game. Uh, The loss to the 49ers is a start to look ahead to the Cowboys coming up on Sunday with our next guest. Tommy Lawler joins us here on Birds 365.
7: Go to get your game on, go for the beers.
4: John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We got our pal from eaglesblitz.com. That's Uh, I-G-D-L-E-S-blitz.com. Fun Eagles website that you should be checking out, Birds fans. It is run by, contributed by, uh, basically is Tommy Lola, who joins us here on Birds 365. Uh, Tommy, you've been watching the Eagles for a long time, uh, reporting on them, covering them as a beat guy. As ugly a – with a good Eagle team. We've seen some ugly Eagle games when they weren't a real good team, but this is a team with the best record in the National Football League. You ever remember one like this where we were as as high on the Eagles as we were and they had earned it, and just to get their lights turned out by the opposition? I don't know. I've been in town 33 years. I don't know that I've ever remembered a game like this one.
6: The first one that comes to mind is back in 2004 when they played the Steelers midseason. The final score was 27-3 to in that game, but if you watched it, it might as well have been 127-3. to uh, I remember watching that play, and Darwin Walker, on one run play the Steelers had, was driven back like 12 yards off the ball on an inside run. And I just started laughing. I was like, that, that just tells you the Eagles are non-competitive. When their defensive tackle is 12 yards from the line of scrimmage on an inside run, they got physically dominated in that game. The scoreboard didn't reflect because Pittsburgh just ran. They just said Eagles aren't going to beat us no matter what we do, so we're just going to run the ball and work the clock. Uh, that was a physically uh, a physical domination, and that team went on to to go to the Super Bowl. So obviously, um,
5: did Darwin are... make the tackle at least? Tommy twelve yards on oh, the field.
6: <laughs> Lord, no. He was he was he was a casual observer on that play. Yeah, that was a that was I I literally remember re- reviewing. I mean, this goes back to the days when you tape yeah. things on VCR. Yeah. And, I'm sitting rewinding the VHS, and I was like, "What is what is he doing back there?" <laughs> <clears throat> that was a that was a rough day. There was not a lot of positive things to say. I guess you know one of the key things nobody got hurt. Well, that's about the best thing you can say about yeah. Sunday as well, right?
5: Yeah, uh, Jalen hurts obviously the scare uh, with the concussion, but it looks like he's okay. So yeah, that's a positive because obviously you got another big game. You can't feel sorry for yourself, but I thi- you know I've had a couple times. Tough time getting to the offense and there were plenty of issues with the offense, but I can't get past the defense, Tommy. I do want to ask you a Hurst question, but I'll get to that. Um defensively, when you look at this game, if you're Sean Desai, do you just blush it and say, All right, we had a bad game, or is this indicative of, of, of something much more?
6: No, you I mean, you obviously you embrace it, you know. That, that that's one of the things that, that Nick Sirianni – as preached and all good coaches do is accountability, right? Uh, let's not just pretend this was a fluke and move on and hope things get better magically. I tried that in my own life and it doesn't work too well. <laughs> Hopefully the Eagles are going to be smarter than that. Um, yeah. So, so what they have to do is sit there and Nick Sirianni made a great point in his, in his press conference yesterday about missed tackles were a huge issue. Yeah. And the average fan says tackle better. Well, you can't just, uh, you you know, you yeah. don't just yell tackle better and a player tackles better. Why did they miss the tackle? You know, you, you, the, the one image we all have is yeah, Nick Morrow yeah. reaching for Debo Samuel and Debo running right through his arms and going for a long touchdown. You can't lunge. You can't reach. You can't grab at a guy like Debo Samuel. That's a 220-pound dude who runs hard at speed. You've got to bring your feet, get your body into him, wrap up and put him to the ground. You cannot reach for him. Uh, if you think about, there was a, a crossing pattern where Bradley Roby—I'm um, going to put tackle in quotation marks because <laughs> I don't—I don't know what that was. He—he he just tried to hit a guy with his shoulder, and I, I yelled at the TV, "Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, Bradley, you, that stuff—you uh, don't—you don't get away with that in the freaking Pac-12. This is the NFL. Shoulders against. How about Ward- the Big Twelve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, you know, you've got to wrap up. He did not try to wrap up. He didn't get his, he didn't get his body in the right spot. And so tackling, you know, they'll go over the techniques of getting this get into the proper place, use the proper fundamentals, have your feet with you, get in position, wrap up, bring those guys. Down. And like the coaches always like to say, one of the things that helps tackling is having guys fly to the football, which you saw on Sunday was a lot of individual effort yeah so you you have Nick Mora miss that tackle on Debo, and Debo's off the races. Where's everybody else?
5: That's what I said. They were blaming, and I get I don't know if you heard Tommy. sorry for Jody I wanted to follow up, but um Nick got credited with Nick Morrow with an insane amount of yards after catch by PFF. He's not the only one. No. I mean, when you have those bubble screens, you gotta you gotta rally to the ball.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and technically the whole point of the the safety position, you're the fail safe for the defense. You're at the back of the defense. Nobody should get behind you. Right. So, you know, if you have guys breaking off long plays, where were Reed Blankenship, where were Kevin Byard? Um, And and part of that, we we have to give credit. Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller. Yes. Well, right.
5: I say it all the time. Sean
6: is is a talented young defensive coordinator. He went up against the master and he got owned. There's just no question about it. Sean I to learn from that. You know, you you have to pay the bills. Sometimes you you don't learn always by having things go your way. There's going to be bad days. You know, Buddy Ryan had some days where he was embarrassed with with what has seemed out there. You know, yeah, but
4: Buddy never meant to that. He'd say, dare you to name the day. Uh, <laughs> you might believe it, but he never believed that to be the case.
6: He'd, he'd never say it out loud, but somewhere in the back of his head, there was a small. Yeah. A small room of reality, but yeah, Um, yeah. So, so listen. Give Kyle Shanahan and the Niners a lot of credit, and then the Eagles have a lot of blame in that as well. It was just a a perfect storm for a, a just a bad day.
4: And Johnny and I kicked this around a little bit yesterday. He gave the Eagles' defensive front line a pass. Uh I didn't. The, yeah, the back seven was the much bigger problem in the Eagles' defense on Sunday. Nobody argues that, but. Part of the game, what was coming in was the 49ers offensive line, uh, except for Tristan Williams, beatable. Uh, they're four worst players on offense, and so there are four other offensive linemen. How did the Eagles get so little pressure on him? If they're supposed to be able to eat up on the the 49er offensive line, didn't come to fruition. Purdy got his three seconds, boom, out, hit a guy in stride, off to the races where was that defensive line? And I'm legitimate. I feel legitimately concerned that they're overtaxing some of their players that they've been a rotational team forever. Certainly since Sirianni got here. And uh, I don't know if that caused the bad penalties that Josh Joshua took Got to try and line up on sides, not off sides. Um, and Hassan Reddick made a great play for a series. And then, Afterwards, how many times did he really make Brock Purdy's life difficult? I fear they're having to use their defensive ends. Too many snaps, Tommy. Am I over-exaggerating here? Is this, uh, we know it's the strength of the team, so should we just leave it alone, or do we have to look at that too and go, yeah, we've got an issue with our D-line as well? well there's a lot
6: of, you asked about 10 different questions there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's there's different <clears throat> different layers to that. So, Uh, I, first of all, I haven't gone back to really study the game thoroughly. So I, you you see, when you rewatch the game, the difference in pressure and sacks, and I feel like they affected Purdy, they they only sacked him twice. I felt like they affected him more than that.
4: Uh, and and they they affected him to the tune of 148 passer rating.
6: Yeah. Listen, if you, if you get back there in, in two and a half seconds and the ball's gone, you know, you've done your job. If you got back there in two and a half seconds if the ball's out quickly now, that's what I've got a good watch. Was he holding the football? Did he get it out quickly? Um, And then one of the things that I wrote before the game was if the, if the Niners can neutralize the Eagles defensive line through um, scheme and, and then winning blocks, then they'll, they'll have a good day. If think about the, the, the long touchdown on the screen, he has held the ball for what a second, a second and a half that balls out. You got a 50 yard touchdown. So that's going to boost your rating. That's going to boost your numbers. The defensive line, they could have had the best pass rush in the history of the NFL. It wouldn't have done a bit of good. So give the Niners credit for scheming to get to get things done quickly. But I agree with you that the defensive line, they looked dominant those first six plays. Yeah. They got they got to Purdy, they pressured him, they made him uncomfortable. There were some other plays where he was pressured and a little uncomfortable, but it wasn't happening enough. And what I don't know is was it that they were getting blocked? Was the ball getting out quickly? Was it good play calls? I've got to study the game to kind of get a better feel for that. Uh, listen, the Eagles defensive line has to really impact games. If you go back to the first Dallas game, they got a lot of pressure on, on Dak Prescott. Terrence Steele might as well have been a turnstile at right tackle, right? And the Eagles had sacked him five times, got like 10 quarterback hits. They didn't get nearly that much impact yesterday. The other flip side... San Francisco only threw twenty-seven passes, uh, so listen, Purdy wasn't dropping back and throwing the ball left and right. He didn't have to. They were getting these giant chunk plays.
5: Yeah, well, and yeah, you know, Jody and I always have that sack versus pressure discussion. I'm, I'm more towards your camp. I'd lean towards that camp. This is a perfect example of it. Brock's getting the ball out on time. I'm going to upset Eagles fans. I usually upset Jody when I talk about Brock Purdy, but I'm going to upset Eagles fans. Brock's getting the ball out on time. San Francisco had three sacks. None of them were the offensive line's fault. Jalen Hurts holding on to the ball forever, yeah, forever. And that's that was going to be my Hurts question. This is where I'm going to upset Eagles fans. Jalen Hurts is a great player. We all know that. Um MVP candidate for the second consecutive season. But there are a bunch of reporters in the in the in the press box who, who started the conversation that could you imagine Jalen Hurts with the uh Niners playmakers and Kyle's scheme, like he doesn't have playmakers and Nick Sirianni's a terrible coach.
4: Did they say that anywhere within listening distance of AJ Brown? Uh, wow. I don't think so.
5: Yeah. AJ's on the field. And I said, yeah, you know, he wouldn't be a fit for the San Francisco offense because the ball's got to come out. Ball's got to come out on time. That's not Jalen's game. No. Is that a detriment at times?
6: Sure. So Jalen is a playmaker, right? And if you look at Brock Purdy, he's a he's a point guard. He distributes the Yes, football.
5: Tommy! I've exactly. been saying it all week.
6: So so yeah. he's the point guard. He, and, and it's like people want to say he, he's not that good, you know, He's got, he's
5: very good.
6: Let's, let's give it a a basketball comparison. So if he's the point guard and he's got an all-star guard beside him an all-star forward and all-star center, and he's getting in the ball and he has 10 or 12 assists a game and those guys are just lighting it up. Well, it still takes a talented person to get those guys the ball to to, in positions to make their, their shots. And if you look at, at Jalen, Jalen's kind of the combo guard who's going to come up, come up the floor and he's going to average 28 points a game and eight assists the game. And he's going to make plays, and he's going to distribute the ball and just kind of get things done. Jalen's a playmaker, and sometimes to make plays, you have to hold the ball, you have to be creative and go outside the structure of the play. When it works, it's awesome. I mean, we remember yeah. that, the touchdown to Zacchaeus against Alameda, Yeah, It's exactly. awesome, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Brock Purdy ain't doing that if you give him no. 100 attempts. That's not happening once. Jalen does it, and you sit there and go, wow, that helps us win a big game. Uh, but there's other plays where Jalen's hold the ball, like the, the, the play inside the red zone. You're like, just throw the ball away and go to the next down. Second and second and goal is not the Mm -hmm. end of the world. Third and goal is not the end of the world. Taking a 15 yard sack. Oh my goodness. I, I was coaching him up as best I could. He just wasn't listening. (laughs) Get rid of the freaking football, Jalen. Come on. Mm -hmm. I'm an idiot. I know that. If he's um,
4: a point guard this year, he's magic Johnson because he's playing on an MVP level. We're not talking about a guy who racks up 14 assists and eight points. No, he's, he's, you say uh, he's better than
6: Steve Coulter. Come on now. Let's 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 uh, I, I no, compared
5: no. him. I compared him to Mo cheeks and the great Sixers teams. There you and, go. And Mo's in the hall of fame. And Jody took that as a, a, a criticism. How is that a criticism? Compar- awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he is what he is, and that's why scheme what is he is is an MVP
4: out. candidate. Yes,
5: yeah, but he's in the right scheme, the right philosophy, uh, the right coach, uh, the right play caller who takes advantage of his skills. That's a big part of it. There's nothing wrong with that, that's what you're supposed to do. But, so, but it, do, do we say that a Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid? I Are we going to compare Brock Purdy to Patrick Mahomes? That's where I stop. Patrick Mahomes is different. Patrick Mahomes is Steph Curry. Patrick Mahomes changed the game.
6: He's a unicorn.
5: So we're we're when we're talking about NBA comparisons, he changes the game. Right. Yeah, I'm not comparing Brock Purdy. That again is not an insult. Brock Purdy's having a better season. I'll ask you, Jody. He's having a better season statistically than Patrick Mahomes. Who'd you rather have this year? Any year, any year. (laughs) We're we're, we're talking about if you're if you're saying who's had a better career to this point. Of course, I I can't I can't help you if you say Brock Purdy at any stage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I use Tommy. I mean, that's absurd. No offense, that's Patrick Mahomes. What well, we'll see at the end of the year. Who has the better year? Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? No, no, but
6: you're missing a point. Oh, if, if Brock yeah. Purdy's throwing the football to Mar- Marquez Valde's Scantling yeah, and, and their, Noah Gray and their
5: best receiver right now, then you're now looking at Rasheem 17 Rice. points a game. <laughs>
6: yeah. Right. He's got he's got a great play caller, but he's also got those elite playmakers. Though all you gotta do is look back to, to the the Eagles and Chiefs game. The Chiefs playmakers didn't make plays, and yeah. the Niners playmakers made play after play. It was, like to, it was like taking your turn. Uh, the Chiefs yeah. just don't have playmakers right now. That's why Patrick Mahomes' his numbers are down. It's yeah. not that he's less of a player. He's as good as he ever was. He just doesn't have the weapons right now.
10: And
4: and I say I'm in the moment. I'm in the year. And right now, Brock Purdy is playing the best quarterback
6: in the National Football League. So that makes him the MVP of the National you See, now why do you have to say Because you're just going to get Dak Prescott mad and he's going to go do something insane yeah, on uh, Sunday. If he
4: does, then that's on the Eagles, which, oh, by the way, if you want to jump ahead to the Cowboys, we talked about matchups and the Eagles having no answer for what the 49ers wanted to run. The Eagles beat the Cowboys just a couple of weeks ago, but C.B. Lamb owned the Eagles. 191 yards. I remember John saying the next day they threw it to him like 12 times. They should have thrown it to him 18 times. (laughs) They they stopped throwing it to him, which was foolish. They should have just continued to give him the football. Couldn't agree more. What's the answer for C.D. Lamb this week for the Eagles, Tommy?
6: Well, the Eagles will have Bradley Roby on the field. Uh, if you remember last time, they did not, and and slot was a huge issue. Now, Roby, you know, I was just being critical as tackling a few minutes ago. He's better in coverage than he is at, at tackling. So, he, now, he's not going to come in and shut down C.D. Lamb, but if he can just take away a couple of plays here, a couple of plays there, then all of yeah. a sudden those are drive killers, and I – He doesn't have to break up a pass. He he just has to cover well. So Dak, then all of a sudden, is getting the ball to Michael Gallup, and Gallup's not a guy who's going to burn you for a huge game.
5: You know what? Brandon Cooks is starting to come on, though. He is a little bit, yeah,
6: and and that's a concern. There's no question. Uh, Maybe they'll put Cooks in the slot, and they'll have C.D. Lamb work outside and attack the Eagles' corners out there. Uh, Dallas is going to is going to move the ball. They're going to score points. You've just got to make some plays. And if you look at that first Dallas game, the defense made just enough plays to win that game. You think about the two-point conversion where Brandon Graham forced him out short of the goal line. You think about the sack that that uh, Josh Sweat had late in the game that changed things entirely. All you got to do is make a couple plays here, a couple plays there, and all of a sudden you can win that game. Even if you give up 354 yards, 28 points, 25 points, whatever, that game is 23. You just got to make a couple plays. And the Eagles didn't do that on Sunday. They've been no plays. And so San Francisco's is yeah. able to pile points. The defense should be a better match for San Francisco or for Dallas rather. So that, that should help them. But again, we'll see. Dallas is red hot. They haven't played anybody worth a flip, but they're red hot. So we'll see what happens.
5: Yeah. Um, and Bradley was okay. Um, he's not going to shut down CD lamb. It's not that he's competent. Uh, and, and they didn't have competency, even at the position before they did not. Um, speaking of competency, we haven't talked about the Eagles late season attempt to get it at linebacker Shaq Leonard. Um, how much can you expect from Shaq Leonard this week? And even when he's here for a couple weeks, do you expect him to be a starting linebacker on this team as we head down the stretch?
6: I would say, I would say he probably will end up starting. I, I don't know to happen this week because he's totally new to the defense. And in my mind, I don't think this is, he's, you know, when he was with the Colts, he played for Matt Eberflus in that scheme. And then obviously Gus Bradley, those schemes, I don't think are very much like what Sean Desai does. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I, in my mind, they're they're very different schemes and I'll have a lot to learn, uh, but they'll bring him in and they'll figure out some packages. You know, maybe they put him on the field, certain nickel <laughs> situations, Try him in coverage. That's been a strength of his in the past. And he's not going to be worse than Nick Morrow, is he? Right? So, you know, you, you put him in there as long as he can learn the playbook and know, know a few key plays. And then after a couple of weeks, you would think that if, if you could get him and Zach Cunningham on the field at the same time.
5: All right. I'm going you, to undertake okay. something very difficult here, Tommy. I'm going to try to defend Nick Morrow a little bit. Um, He was terrible. I'm not defending him against San Francisco. What are we forgetting the other games this season too quickly? Because he overachieved. He was playing pretty well. He was playing much better than I expected, and then he had the big egg. And you know, is it as simple as he just had a bad game? Let's turn the page and see if he can get back to what he was before that game. Because you're not facing Debo Samuel every week.
6: No, and no, that's why I say, yeah, you know, that was Sunday was an exaggeration. It was the worst possible matchup against these guys, and and so. Uh, if you had had Zach Cunningham on the field, it would have helped a little bit. It, you know, I'm not saying it, the Eagles would have won, but I think it would have had an effect, a positive effect, uh, to, to not have him and have to go against him. It just put a lot of pressure on Morrow, Christian Ellis, and the Niners just went into a frenzy and the results were bad. If you watch Morrow over the course of the season, he's at his best as an attacking downhill linebacker. Think about the times he had, he had sacks, right? He finished place. He had nice. tackles for loss. Yeah. you know he almost had the the safety against tampa uh he's had uh, plays where he shot in the backfield so he runs well and and generally if he's going downhill he'll tackle well where he struggles is moving side to side and reading plays he just uh, you know he's obviously a bright guy but you know listen getting on the field and trying to read a, an offense and doing that in a matter of one and a half to two and a half seconds that's a that's a specific skill that goes beyond just general intelligence and he struggles a little bit with that and then in coverage, he just doesn't show a good feel for things. At least we haven't seen that this year. So uh, if you use him a certain way and let him attack downhill, then you're in good shape. If you haven't done the other things, he's struggling. The problem right now is Christian Ellis is kind of the same way. He looked at He's looked at his best when attacking downhill. Well, you can't have both linebackers attack downhill. You've got to have somebody who's in the middle of the defense taking on blockers, finding the football, and then obviously getting back in coverage, playing the passing lanes. And it just didn't happen on Sunday.
4: Uh, th- 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 not a good sign for this week coming up against the Cowboys. Cause sorry, Eagle fans. I just got to give you the stats and the fact Cowboys have weapons. The CD land is the biggest weapon, but they've got other <coughs> wide receivers pollered out of the backfield. And the guy that I just did not see coming, Jake Ferguson, he had a big game against the Eagles and has had a very yeah, good, good
0: year. The Cowboys
4: player. have isn't like, all right, if you stop this guy, you, you, keep, you keep Nick Marr away from having to cover that play they got a lot of weapons. So if you're going to use your linebacker in coverage, it's going to be Morrow and he could get taken advantage of. I am sorry to say Eagle fans, but that's uh, what they're facing. The task they're facing this week against the Cowboys. All right. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to ask you just a couple of quick questions. One word answers. if That's okay. Who did the Eagle sign yesterday? Shaq. Shaq Leonard. Right. Uh, And who cut Shaq Leonard? Colts. And they're coached by who? Steichen. James Steichen. All right. Um, Eagles might have some interest in a free agent tight end. And that would be? Ertz. Mm-hmm. And he you was... said one word answer,
6: so I'm he giving was... you one word answer. <laughs> he was
4: cut by who? Gannon. There you go. Uh, he... there, there could be an investigation. Somehow Shaq Leonard shakes free and lands in Philadelphia. His former a uh, head coach uh, gets to benefit from a cut by a team, and Zach Ertz does the same thing. And in his case, Zach Ertz inst- inst- instigated. He wanted out. He said, "Let me get the hell out of here," and he even gave <clears> up a <throat> game check to do so. Why? So he can potentially go back to Philadelphia. John said the other day, and I agree with him. The team that might have even made more sense, the Eagles, was the Ravens. John Harbaugh came out and said yesterday, "No, we like our guys. We're good, That's even though Leonard me. is down."
5: That is surprising. Uh,
4: yeah. yeah, so uh, Zach Gertz. Maybe he
5: knows. Maybe he knows he's got no chance. That's. Uh,
6: he, 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 listen, I, I haven't watched a lot of the Cardinals this year. I've seen Zach on a few plays, and he hasn't done anything special. Maybe he's washed up, but maybe maybe that yeah. was Harbaugh's way of, yeah. of doing him a solid it, and just saying it, we like our guys.
9: Okay,
4: here's my take on that because yeah, you said the same thing. Somebody said social media or said to me on WIP last night. Zach Gertz is washed. Is Zach Ertz better than uh, Greg Calcaterra right now, right here, right now? Would you rather have, if you're Jalen Hurts, need a play made, you got two tight ends set, you got to throw the ball, the only open guy is your other tight end, not Dallas Goddard. Would you rather throw it to Zach Ertz or or (coughs) Greg
6: Calcaterra? I'll take Ertz for uh, several reasons. That's that's
4: all all you got to know. That's all you have to know. You can't compare Zach Ertz. Oh, my God. He's nowhere near the Zach Ertz of 2018. Of course he's not. He doesn't need to be. You shouldn't expect him to be. He's yeah. five years older. All right. you need to know is: is he better than the other tight end we're using when we go to those formations? a guy who catches the football. And if he's better than Calcaterra, Eagles have to bring him in today.
6: Yeah, I we haven't. I, I, I didn't uh, see anything before the show, so I don't know if they have scheduled anything. But you, no, think- it's not
4: Fisher. Yeah, this is Jordy McDonald just uh, suggesting what the Eagles should
6: do. Yeah. I think well, you'd think it, if they're to gonna bring him back. in, it would happen today, so they could potentially have him on the field on Sunday.
5: <clears throat> yeah, because you know? why would, wait? You would think
6: he's not getting um, any younger.
5: Here, here's my issue with Zach at this point. Um, and it's got nothing to do with being washed, and Jody's right, he's gotta be better. The Eagles, by the way, so out of nowhere, Albert Ogwegbanam, I just like to say the name, <laughs> got 32 reps more than anybody. He got more than stole who had uh, 26 against San Francisco, uh, Calcaterra, back from the high ankle sprain, got 13. They threw the football to the tight end once. Albert, uh, Albert O, of course, he didn't catch it. Didn't get the uh, catch. Um, they don't even look at anybody other than Dallas Goddard, and it's been that way since he's been out. But here's the problem. If you're playing 12 personnel, Tommy, and it's Goddard and Ertz, you got to play Goddard in line. They don't want to play Goddard in line. Are you going to play Zurt Ertz in line? That doesn't make sense. So you're almost forced to play Goddard where you don't want to play him because Zach's not a good enough blocker. And at this stage, Dallas is a better receiver, so you want Dallas flexed out, but you can't flex him out. But with Stole, you can flex him out. So I I don't know if the bit is necessarily there with Zach Ertz well, when Dallas I, comes back.
6: I, I'll disagree with you a little there. I think Zach can can play in line and, and block early in his career. He was an awful blocker. Yes. It was, it, oh, he got was,
5: better. There, was he, he definitely got in better. His
6: first two yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, Not a strength,
5: it, though. It never. Oh, you,
6: no, but he got to be. I, I like to use so tight ends. Uh, one of the things coaches will teach tight ends is lose slowly. Yeah. To not even ask him to win the block, they just say lose yeah. slowly. In other words, just <laughs> delay the guy. Yes. Yes. Uh, and yes. he can do that. And, and I th- I would qu- qualify him, at least the last time I saw him play for the Eagles, as an effective blocker. Dallas guards a flat-out good blocker. Jack Stoll, eh, Jack is pretty good. Um, I think Zach is an effective blocker. I think he at least understands position and effort, things like that. Now as a veteran where he can, he can shield the guy, and he's not going to drive a, a guy five yards off the ball, but I, th- I think he can be an effective blocker. Um, so I think you can still play him in line and and, and do what you want to do with moving guys right. around. Um
5: if Dallas the, was out if Dallas was out long term and he's mm-hmm. gonna be back in Dallas, ironically, <laughs> um I, I would say yeah, go get him a hundred percent go get him. Now he's gonna be back. I, I I I'm not gonna just bring him in as an insurance policy. Like why why wouldn't you, John? I, 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 I,
4: you're going to lose Grant Calcaterra? Oh my God, they could potentially lose Grant Calcaterra. What the hell are the Eagles thinking? He's Grant Calcaterra.
5: Well, in well, that...
6: Jody. So ahead, Jody no. what, I'll, what I'll tell you, Jody, is you, you do have a locker room and you do have personalities. Jack Stoll's been there for two years. He's played on special teams. He's been a blocker. He's done all the dirty work. Jack Stoll, work. the
4: guy who lost his reps to Albert O this past week. That, that, well, that's the guy them. you worried just- about. Oh my was, God, we can't we can't play uh, that tight end less than we have.
6: They but, just did. But what what sign are you sending to the rest of the team? Of we need to get to the Super Bowl is inside
4: you. Ten in the team. You're we need disposable. To, we need to field
6: the best fifty three man roster we can. Yeah, you do. But so the question is, how much of an of an upgrade is Zach Ertz over Jack Stoll? Listen, I'm telling you, I, I would make the move. Like I, I'd bring him in. But I'm telling you, it, it's not like a just a. A no-brainer. Not a
5: slam dunk. Because I'm
4: obviously, not, if it
6: was, uh, they would have done it. You guys can
4: compare out. him to Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll's going to have his role. Jack Stoll's going nowhere fast. He's replacing Albert O. and or Grant Calcaterra. And if he can't understand it, if he can't... And that was part of the reason I think they traded, Zach, because he wasn't ready to pass the torch to Dallas got it. Sorry, Zach, we're passing the torch. And if that means we got to send you elsewhere, we'll send you elsewhere. And they did. So if he doesn't buy in, and I'm sure they've already had this meeting, at least on the phone, if not in person, here's what we expect. Here's the role we see for you, Zach. Are you good with it? If the answer isn't yes, an emphatic yes, then you move on and you don't even bother. But if he says, I'll do anything, I just want to get back to the Eagles. I want to see you guys take another shot at the ball. I want to be part of that and I'll play any role you want me to. Well, then you sign the guy.
5: Well, I'm gonna go to where I always go, where nobody goes. Um, you know, roster building is is a science. Howie's generally very good at it. If you're But he's not third... infallible. No, he's not. He makes mistakes all the time. Um if you're a third tight end on game day, you gotta play special teams. And it was ironic. Nick Sirianni talked about uh, what the offense needs to clean up yesterday, what the defense needs ton of stuff to clean up and he said special teams pretty good (laughs) he's like that's been a solid unit all year nobody cares about it they cared about it last year when it wasn't solid it's been very solid this year especially since brayden man has kind of taken off as the punter um Grant Calcaterra plays on special teams. He got 13 reps on special teams.
4: How, how, many, how many reps did Alberto play on special teams?
5: Albert O wasn't the third tight end. Grant Calcaterra was the third tight end. I'm saying if, the you're the if, third... you're tight
4: end, if you're a tight end and you're dressed, uh, when you're d- depicting uh, what number, one, two, three, how does that affect special teams? You can play anybody you want on special teams, right? You don't have to dictate. Your number one tight end will not play. If
5: special you teams. if you dress three tight ends, somebody's got to play special teams, and if nobody can play special teams, uh, that for me would be Calcaterra. And again, uh, if what, you're telling then me you're, they, they can Albert O, oh, are you dressing I, four tight ends? No, because you I'm have Goddard. I'm saying you have Goddard. So, Understood. if you have got Goddard back, if you have and stole, if
4: you say you've got to keep uh, Calcaterra for his special teams over Alberto, okay, that's
5: your call. No, no, I'm saying it's Goddard, it's stole and it's Calcaterra or Ertz. Forget about it, Albert. Albert's not even going to dress. You're not dressing four tight ends, so it's going to be Goddard. It's going to be Stoll. And it's going to be Ertz or Calcaterra. That's your decision, Ertz or Calcaterra, because Stoll's not going anywhere. Who 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 would you rather have? Is Ertz a better tight end? Of course, he's a better tight end, but he's a, he, he's not he's not a number three tight end because he can't play special teams. Roles matter. Roles matter. And fits matter. And it, it I always say, wide receiver is the best example of this because if you're a a fourth or fifth wide receiver you got to do something on special teams. And everybody wants big names every year because they love big names. Bring in so-and-so gets cut. They want big names. Somebody's got to play on these units, which have been very good this year and very helpful to the Eagles' success.
4: You you would know this better than me, John. And, Tommy, thanks for uh, just sitting in. Well, John and I go back. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Sorry, Tommy. Sorry. I apologize, too. Uh, Calcantara missed several games. Who picked up his special team
5: snaps? um i will i will look at them um the stall always plays on special teams so um his numbers probably went up but i'm looking at it it's
6: probably Ben Van Sumeren. i know he was active for a couple of Yeah Ben
5: well Ben's part of the 53 now it'll be interesting by the way while i'm looking this up um i'll look at the buffalo game uh it, it you know who they have to Shaq Leonard, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned it. He's going to start on the 53. So I did confirm that with the Eagles. The Eagles haven't signed him yet. One of the reasons they've agreed to terms. One of the reasons they haven't signed him yet um, is because they have to figure out the roster. Create a process. Process. Um, it's probably either going to be Ben or, or one of the tight ends, to be honest. Yeah, stole played. Uh, Ten Noah Tungiai was who I couldn't come up with. Played twelve, Noah Tungiai. So he wasn't. He was elevated as the third tight end. So I mean, that's that's a role. That's a role they have. And the upbacks on on kickoff returns. Not that it's important because they barely ever return a kick. But the upbacks are stole in the other tight ends. And those are the guys who block the first blocks on the kickoff returns
4: yeah i'd I'd be willing to to roll with Zach Gertz. again if he accepts his role on the team and if he doesn't then Zach will get uh, put tickets aside for you for the championship game against the 49ers <laughs> you and Julie come on down uh but if he accepts it and you can explain the role that you want him to play and he says I'm good with it uh give me give me a set of shoulder pads coach I'm signing him as soon as possible
5: I don't know and you got Quez playing again. He doesn't play special teams. I, yeah, let me ask both so to you,
4: Tommy. Team. Let me ask you. Last game, Quez Watkins played more snaps than Alameda Zaccheaus and Julio Jones combined. Why does the coach love Quez Watkins?
6: Speed. <clears throat> right? He's got deep speed. So they they, they
4: should sign De- Deshaun since he's back. He signed a one-day <laughs> contract. Get him back out there on the field because I guarantee he's still got speed. Come
6: on. It's got to be more than that. I listen, I don't know. Uh, Sirianni's an old wide receiver's coach, an old mm-hmm. wide receiver. There's something he sees in Quez he likes. Quez frustrates the heck out of me, so I, I don't know what it is. Um, I think part of it, though, we do have to fact, factor in last week's game was an anomaly in so many ways. Yeah. The Eagles were so far behind, they had to play yeah. in four water well that's you know and you're yeah trying Tommy to be, trying to make plays to be vertical so you want Watkins out there Julio Jones ain't you doing your, any good when you're down 16 and 23 points
5: yeah Tommy's right like we just talked about the tight end Stoll would have played more than Albert if the game wasn't a blowout he would have played more but when you've got to throw the ball you need somebody with some movement skills uh to be in the game and i think that's why albert and quez played so much um and obviously it didn't work but it wasn't a good it's not a good sign and and julio's banged up as well he's not 100 percent so i think all that factor right and I,
4: I i know i'm simplistic and i readily admit to it and i judge results after the fact quez watkins four targets 28 yards Somehow that speed is getting him out there with the ability to go seven yards and attempt.
5: Yeah. The deep throw should have been a, a a PI um, should have been a PI, you know, now he also should have went after the ball. He's got to have more savvy to come back and draw the pass interference and make it more clear. But, you know, if that is a proper call, you know, you see sort of some of the impact that, that Nick Sirianni talks about, but Julio's, you know, remember he was on the injury report all last week with a knee. So he's banged up. So that factored into it as well.
4: I think Alameda comes back for that ball and maybe draws the PI. Not so much quest. Uh, Tommy, we are out of time. You know, we love having you out here on the show. Thank you very much for doing so. He had some really good posts leading up to the 49er game and afterwards, I'm sure he's going to have good ones this week about the Cowboy game coming up on Sunday. So make sure you get to eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, blitz.com. Tommy, a pleasure. We'll get you up again uh, in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, bud.
6: Let's try to talk after a non-blowout next time.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: That, All right, take it, care.
9: You got
4: it.
5: Thanks, Tommy. I I I was going to guarantee you it's not going to be a but, but I can't guarantee that. Dallas is good at home. I was going to say, the,
4: the, only, the only potential blowout is this week, right? They're, yeah. they're not going to go to Seattle and get blown I don't, out. By the but, way,
5: I don't think they're getting blown out. But uh, Dallas is capable, certainly at home. Right. Uh,
4: they're the only team left that you would say is capable. Good good choice of words by you. And, oh, by the <laughs> way, I don't think we mentioned it. We're an hour and two minutes into the show, uh, in case you don't already know. Eagles are underdog again this week. And I expected it. After taking the beatdown they did from San Francisco and Dallas being as good as they are at home, I expected the Eagles to be an underdog. I didn't know where it was going to fall. I thought it would be around three. If you had asked me to project and predict ahead of time, I would have said two, two and a half. It's three and a half. Cowboys are three and a half point favorites at home, which means again, on a neutral field, the Cowboys would be a favorite over the Philadelphia Eagles right now. If you believe the line moves three points for the home team, the Cowboys would be a half-point choice ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, the the underdog mentality did not show itself this past week against San Francisco. Are they going back there against the Cowboys this week? We will see. He's McMullen. on McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365.
8: And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at (music) 610-222-5675.
3: Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money
4: Johnny Mac Johnny and Mac macamac and Mac here on Birds 365 thanks for streaming on in you can do us a solid and hit the like button if you're in a good mood it's it's the holidays isn't it we got less than three weeks shopping left to Christmas I think that's the case now so
5: Boy, uh do we? Uh
8: yeah,
4: Christmas is a Monday. Monday. Yesterday, I think, was three weeks out. So uh yeah, we're getting we're getting dangerously close. So uh share some holiday joy with your boys, Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Like, share, and subscribe. Please hit that like button.
5: All right. Speaking of holiday joy, can I can I bring something up, Jody? Sure. Because I just saw uh your guy, Mike Florio trying to stir the pot as he's wont to do. The NFL needs to send a clear and strong message about what isn't permitted when it comes to the sideline personnel interacting with players during games. Obviously, this is about Dom DeSandro Mm -hmm. and what happened in the 49ers game. You think they're going to do something with uh, Big Dom?
4: Describe... Do something. They, 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 Keep them off the lot, sidelines. A lot of different ways you can. I don't think they're going to force
5: the Eagles topic. to, you know, they might force the Eagles to say, hey, he can't be on the sidelines for the rest of the season. So let's say that. Can't be on the sidelines.
4: For the rest of the season or forever? Yeah.
5: For the rest of the season.
4: It, I, I think it would be an overreaction. But if they did it, do I think it's the end of the world? no and you 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 have much more uh, interpersonal reaction with dom and you you talk uh, as you do about him how good a duty is and uh, others that i know who uh, have to deal with him more regularly say the same exact thing he's just a a tremendous kind of guy will it make any difference if he is or isn't on the eagle sideline for the no. last six games no no
5: no not whatsoever but that's what the NFL's about. Like, if if the right person makes enough noise, and Mike's the right person, and they think it's a thing. So did they, Florio? I, I
4: didn't. I didn't see the post yet. So he's suggesting they should take a. And this would all come down to interpretation. Severe. I'm picking a word here that I probably shouldn't. What is what was Florio exactly? Since he's just suggesting well, he, the nfl he, look he, and is he suggesting a punishment as well
5: he he mentioned and it's your guys i i don't know if you'll remember in 2010 uh because i don't remember this but maybe you remember it former Jets strength coach sal alosi oh yeah uh created some kind of issue during a punt play he tripped uh nolan carroll former eagle yeah um on a on a gunner on a punt play now that to me is much more um that's much worse than what dom did
0: agree you're you're on you the field
5: of play yeah you're affecting the field to play he was suspended for the rest of the season and the playoffs and fined twenty five thousand i don't think that's a good example no um it's kind of apples that's, and but ours. that's the that's the example he gave um yeah I I, I, I assume they would just let it go and it would, it would fester out on its own. Um, although Tom is very noticeable, obviously. And now people know who he is. Everybody knew he was in Philadelphia, but outside of Philadelphia, I don't think many people knew him. All right.
4: So let, let me ask you, this is, uh, I think could be a fun, debatable point. Um, if you're the Eagles, do you want Dom to make a statement?
5: No, no, no. Well, one, he he hates talking to, and I think Marcus went up to him because <clears throat> Marcus went um, wrote a column after the game, and um, he he tried to get Dom to talk in the locker room, and he said. I can't talk to you. And Marcus said, You can't or you won't. And he said, Well, I can, but I don't want to. So, yeah.
4: okay. And that's fine. Um, uh, but my my question was if there is contemplation of further action, that the Eagles think that, uh-oh, the commissioner is going to take a stance here because Mike Florio told him to, or anybody else told him to, and we really prefer to just see this thing go by the boards. If we get Dom out front, and he says something along the lines of, hey, I'm, I'm a security guy. I was looking to de-escalate. That's just my nature. And I did something I shouldn't have done. I put my hands on a player. Uh, I have learned a tough lesson. And, yeah, it kind of pained me to walk off the field that day because I wanted to at least be on the sidelines for my team. But I uh, took a punishment that I earned and deserved. It will never happen again do you think a statement from the party who was guilty as was Greenlaw and rightfully tossed, do you think that could persuade the NFL to not act?
5: No, because I think the NFL's reaction and by the way, I'm not saying Roger Goodell listens to Mike Florio. The NFL is very, I always say they're very reactive. It's not a proactive organization. They're very reactive. So if they get the sense that it's becoming a thing, And it's becoming a national story and it's becoming more of a national story because you got 49ers fans complaining about it. You got Kyle Shanahan saying what the hell's going on, blah, blah, blah. Now you got Dallas fans, what's, what's going on and all that nonsense. And you got Florio talking about it. So if they get the feel that it's becoming a thing, I always joke, South Park used to have a great joke about, uh, uh, one complaint equals one billion people. These companies are insane. You know, you got one guy who screams, and they think, "Oh my God!" You know, if they just said, "Shut up," we're gonna move on, it'd go away. And however long the shelf life is, but they're not like that. And I just saw, and again, he's he, you know, he's talking about Sal Losey and the Jets uh a strength coach and i think that's a bad thing but chris palmer uh would be the hearing officer uh, in game day operations evidently he's the one in charge of people on the sidelines and all that kind of stuff i, I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal but uh, all right and, and and i acknowledge and full disclosure i like dom i get along with Tom, and you know that um uh, it, it it has nothing. I I He shouldn't have done what he did. I, but, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal.
4: Right. It it could be called here. But I do. Uh, something you said intrigued me. He said, I don't think that Roger Goodell listens to Mike Florio. But you said, the NFL listens to everybody. They, one would complain, he goes at that. Who does he listen to? Who do you think is... The guy who actually could make Rodgers stop individually, take notes and go, Oh, shoot, we got to deal with this right now. Um, it, Florio, it, I'd really like to know who it is.
5: I, I don't think it's a person, it's more like an ecosystem. Like, I always go back to where the NFL's troubles when it came to personal conduct all started with Ray Rice and in, in Atlantic City, uh, ironically. And there was because no of, issue, it was a video, that, yeah, there was no that's issue. The whole thing until the video came out mm-hmm. and then he tried to re-legislate things and double jeopardy came into it and all this kind of stuff. Um That's where they, they first stuck themselves and and they stuck their foot in it because they listened to the critics. Oh, how could you do that? How, instead of edge, like I always say back then, marijuana was still illegal and you had these dumb, it, it, it just drove me insane because the 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 marijuana penalties, the substance abuse penalties were collectively bargained and they were structured. Yep. They were structured. There was no wiggle room either way. You bailed this, you're suspended this. You bail again, bang. Fine, suspension, games. Very structured. The personal conduct policy, it's up to Roger Goodell.
0: Interpretation. And,
5: yeah. And ironically, that particular case, that's what the players want. They want to look into things. Ray, we- Ray Rice's fiance at the time, who turned into his wife. I don't know if they're still married, but um, she said, you know, she spoke on his behalf. It was an ugly incident. We all know the incident, but that's what the players want. And they listened to it. He never got in trouble before. He had a great reputation, and they suspended him two games. And if the video... Never came out. The players would have been happy and blah blah blah, um, but it came out and they tried to change it, and you had all these arguments. Well, the NFL thinks smoking marijuana is worse than uh, domestic violence. No, they don't. You're just an idiot and can't understand the difference between a structured policy that forces you to do something and a nebulous one, which which can be anything, basically, and was a bad policy. So they listen to that kind of stuff too much and they hear it and they get rabbit ears and they think it's going to affect the bottom line, which nothing affects the bottom line in the NFL. They don't have to worry about anything. I talk all the time. They have the worst product in the world. It stinks. It's awful. Nobody turns it off. They love it. They're addicted. You don't have to worry about anything. Do what you want. But. They listen. They got they, rabbit ears.
4: They they may take that into consideration if they're going to do something above and beyond with Dom. That, yeah, they, uh, we listen to McMullen. He said we can do whatever we want. Look at the TV ratings. Hey, Dom, see you later. Bye. You're gone for the year. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but you're right when you say they actually could if they wanted to. They have such an uh, uh, a foolproof, bulletproof process and product right now. They could basically do whatever they want, and they wouldn't take a hit to the bottom line. All right, he's McMahon, I'm McDonald. We are Mack-a-Mack on Birds 365. We are scheduled to hear from one Chris Franklin from NJ.com next. And Chris isn't in the waiting room just yet. Where will he be? Will there be birds involved? No, too cold. Way too cold. I was outside this cold. morning. It is, it, is, it is a little bit cold. Doesn't he have an enclosed porch? Yeah, but I guess uh, not... not Maybe he's got a screened in area out there uh chances are he'll be somewhere indoors and Chris uh, isn't a t-shirt maven like uh, our boy tomorrow Mike's yeah. got
5: Mike Mike's got the screened in ports but I think it's too uh too, too cold, cold for, for him, to. him too. we
4: yeah. shall say Gil tomorrow Chris Franklin from nj.com scheduled to join us next here on Street 365
7: go to get your game on go for the beers.
4: You've got John McMullen and Jody McDonald, aka the Mac and Mac guys, and we are joined by one Chris Franklin. He's coming from indoors, not his uh, uh, Trenton studios that from time to time. Trenton Times, is that the tea in the background?
10: Oh, not, not today. I, I'm going from the home office today. Yeah. I, I, I'm mixing it up. I'm, I'm staying home. You know, I got I to gotta rest up a little bit after watching that debacle once.
4: Right, understood. Uh, but the debacle. tea I'm referring to, you've done it before.
10: Clause. Oh, yeah. The Gloucester County Times, yeah. Gloucester County that, Times. Yeah.
4: I knew it wasn't Trenton. I don't know why I thought that, but thank you for correcting me. <laughs> you got nice, you got a nice home office and you look you you look like you're ready to talk Eagles football with us for the next thirty minutes. All right. Um the Eagles got their tails kicked on Sunday but the niners. We all agree to that. What's the unfixable thing? Going into the Cowboys this week, what is the one that we can all sit down, all watch the tape, all agree on, and we got to be better at this. But you go, but then how do you fix it? And the Eagles don't have an answer. Is there a problem that was so big and at this stage of the season, can't go, they think Shaq Leonard's going to fix linebacker. We'll see. Is there something with the Eagles that was so exposed on Sunday? You're going, oh, man, everybody in the league is going to target this and the Eagles don't have an answer for it.
10: I think it's just overall the tackling downfield. I think that's the biggest thing when you look at it. I think when you look at the, uh, I know there's some criticism of the cornerbacks, but I think it was overall as the whole back seven and in pursuit trying to get these guys to the guys down from picking up these extra yards. And if you think that Kittle and, and Samuel are tough, look at C.D. Lamb the way he's able to run downfield and make plays that way as well too. And, and I mean, look at think about D.K. in the following week, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, so. It's tough to become a, a a better tackling team this late in the season, but that's something that is has me concerned. You know, going throughout for the rest of the season. I mean, I think you can do some corrections. I don't think it'll be as bad as we saw it on a as we saw last Sunday, but I think it's something that we is cognizant and, and needs to be corrected.
5: Yeah, Nick kind of mentioned that yesterday, Chris, that they were top ten in Miss tackling metrics coming into the game and all that kind of stuff. So the advanced numbers, um, I was just talking, even after the game, uh, pro football focus has them as the sixth best tackling team in the NFL. Um, tackling is kind of a lost start in the league as a whole. <laughs> it's just a game where you say, eh, it's uncharacteristic it. You correct it, like Nick said. Technique, blah blah blah, leverage. But they're when you compare them to the rest of the league, they tend to be a better tackling team. So you just say, yeah, we had a bad day.
10: I think it's also have to look at some of the teams they played beforehand. I uh, think uh, the only guy when you look at the Bills, the only guy you really you really fear, like after catching the ball and, and moving downfield, was was Stephon Diggs. I know Gabe Davis is bigger, but you saw that. You just look at some of the other opponents they have. I don't think they had the the players that are capable of making those plays downfield, as the, the ability can to the to the extent that they can, like in the 49ers. a lot of things I think. If there's any benefit that comes from this, maybe they take a little bit more of uh, they're a little bit more aware of their of their pursuit. I thought some of the angles they took on some of those tackles are way, and I think a lot of times you can't just throw. A That's the one thing I I I, I, I just don't get with a lot of these guys. It's like in effort just on many Eagles but overall but like, they think they just throw a shoulder. And gets my down by the legs, and oh, no, nah, he yeah. can't do that. He can't yeah. do that at all anymore. So I think, if anything, I think the pursuit and the awareness of that maybe it heightens him a little bit, and maybe it helps him better get back on track. But it's, to me, it's still a concern long term. All
4: right, Chris Franklin. This past game, Kenny Gainwell played 39 snaps. DeAndre Swift played 30 snaps. Why?
10: Well, if you ask Nick, it's about the uh, about more two-minute and everything else. I thought they should have evolved – personally, I thought they should have evolved Swift a little bit more early on because I think the one thing, especially to slow down that 49er pass rush, is to attack them at the point of attack and, and run at them, especially at the edges because the tackles did for the most part – did. He, well, like Lane and Jordan, they didn't try on the edges. I thought if you ran at them a little more, you could make them a little bit less effective. You start to basically tire them out a little bit. I thought that could have been to run toward that inside, but that's where the, the edge is on there. But De'Andre Swift is too much of a, is a, too much of a weapon and he's proven that he's done this, that you need to feed him the ball. I mean, if you made the argument early in the year that you wanted to save him a little bit more, you didn't want to give him the carries because you wanted him available, healthy as you went along. Yeah. But these are the type of games that you wanted to see him get the ball and be that impact player that you trade traded for. And I think he, he, he needs more touches and, if it's not this week, they better do it ne- uh, next week against Dallas. We, we just have to fix that that way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm
5: surprised that's so much of a thing. Everybody brought up, obviously, Kenny and DeAndre. And DeAndre got banged up late uh, when he got lit up by uh, Dominique Lenoir. Um, Albert O played more than stole. Um Quez Watkins was out there. I don't know if Quez had more to do with Julio was banged up or what. We have to keep an eye on that, but to me, that's because it was a blowout. So you want those pass catchers, and I put that in quotes because Kenny Gainwell, the third down, hurry up guy, Albert, who's more athletic than Jack Stoll, even though they don't catch the ball, but really they're better than the other guys. Um, I think it was just because they were blown out. I think if it were a close game, Swift would have gotten more touches than gain well and Stoll would have gotten more touches than Albert O. Am I crazy?
10: I I I think I think it is tough. I think when you look at Albert O, that's something that you uh I think you see that you want him to be somebody who could be a pass catcher in that and is, is able to do that. I think that Kenny they love him. That that's that's Nick's Naeem Hines. Well and,
5: they do love him,
10: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's his Naeem Hines and I look at that and it, it's, if you want to have, I think you use more, I just think you need more swift. I feel sound, I sound like a, you need more cowboy. I think you need more swift when it comes to that. I just, I just don't, the use is part me. of that.
5: You need more swift.
10: <laughs> <laughs> hey, pause. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just look at it and I, 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 the two minute thing is uh, I, I get why Kennedy's in a two minute drill but I also think that if with the ability of swift catching the ball off the backfield i think he just gives you more of a home run threat when it comes to it
4: yeah i again foolish me i go back to production and what they've actually done rather than what you think they're going to do or what your preconceived notion of them uh, of them is and swift has just been a better back so that that that's me. all right well um, let
5: me turn that to both you guys because i jody and chris also i i kind of said why is Jalen hurts back in the game um
0: oh after, i definitely I was, I was, Everybody.
5: was um, <laughs> swept why are you playing these guys in a blowout game your key guys maybe maybe that's uh, a an extra layer like deandre got hurt we don't know is deandre healthy i don't know um we're gonna have to see he how much was, how much
4: time was left in the game when lenoir laid him out
5: I don't remember. I'd i have to look.
10: I don't know. It was. Late. I got to look back in that. It was late. Yeah, it, was but, late.
5: Uh, it was late. Um, he, I, I, he, he I he don't think. Been.
4: I don't think that swung the why Gainwell had
5: uh, more snaps than. Uh, but my no. But my overriding point is, you know, why are you playing your key guys when the game's over?
10: Uh, I thought this, and that's one right, You got to
5: take Kelsey out too. Where do
4: you? Where, you got to draw a line somewhere. And the first one to me is like quarterback, and then everybody else we can debate. But you got to get your quarterback, your star quarterback, with Marquis Mariota. Whoa! By the way, we're two of three. Give Marcus a thumbs up. passing <laughs> <laughs> rating. Uh, you got to get him, and then everybody else gets something. You could yeah. have the quarterback, and then everybody. Else. Well, it only I mean, matters when somebody. Put, oh my God! We got to get DeAndre Swift off
5: the field well in the same only, category. It, it, with it, well, Leonard. I I think a lot of those criticisms are unfair. Like people were saying, you you play the guys. I mean, Nick's convoluted answer was, "We were down two scores." No, there, you were down three scores. Um and and probably shouldn't have put Jalen Hurts back in. Um everybody else should play. I mean, I'm in that category, but um I'm just saying for people who complain about key players playing in blowout games, can't have it both ways. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think you yeah. can. I think the
4: quarterback is a different animal.
10: Especially uh and especially the head injury. I that was for me. Like I didn't say anyone. And I don't know if it's one of those things where they wanted to, Hey, you know, we go with a good taste in our mouth, heading into next week and try to watch them. Saw that scoreboard and then being a weird score, like it's being deficit and stuff like that you was one of the momentum going in there. But I thought he, a lot of that, especially after Swift, got hurt, I feel like, okay, that was it. Everybody's when he pulled and here comes the back. I was, I was shocked about that. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And, and, you know, maybe they should have, but, uh, They're a very competitive team. They're not used to getting beat like this, Chris. You have to really (laughs) go back to um, the playoff game when they weren't, uh, they were a different team in Tampa and they weren't supposed to make the playoffs. It was a surprise they made the playoffs and they got blown out. It was, what was it, 31 0 before they got some garbage time points. Um, I think that's the last blowout, meaningful blowout. they're not used to this. And I'm interested to see how they respond from just... To me, it's not about the loss. It's about how how badly they were beaten. Um, do you expect them to be able to turn the page just easily?
10: I think for two reasons. One, the fact that we're not used to it, I think that gives them just a telltale sign like, you know what, yeah, they're not ready for that. And I think I'd see an extra fire under her butt. And it's not like they already, it's not like they needed it already because they know that next week pretty much is almost the de-, de facto who could win, who's got the easier path to win in the NFC East. So I think that it was bad enough that they already knew that they needed that game. But I think the fact they got, <laughs> they, they got a boot race. I think that definitely added a little bit as well too. And, and especially the way you saw some of the veterans come back and, and the answer they did, and some the other, even some of the other guys that, that have been here a long time, the way they answered it, I think it's going to be a little bit more uh, intense during this whole entire week. Because, yeah, I mean, when you're winning, you know, you sit back and your relax and go, you know, okay, everything's fine, guard down a little bit, and then all of a sudden you get beat like that. I think it just refocuses everybody when it comes to something like that. happens.
4: All right. Uh, I want to make a suggestion to Sean Desai here, since PFF decided to grade the game the way they did against the 49ers. I would not have Nicholas Morrow covering C.D. Lamb because supposedly he was covering <laughs> uh, Devo Samuel and got burned for all these after-yard catches, after-catch yards. Um, but C.D. Lamb's going to be C.D. Lamb. And last game against Eagles, he had 11 catches for 191 yards. John said the day after, I would have gone for 18 catches for 250 if I were the Cowboys They didn't throw it to him enough. Maybe they listen to McMullen this time, and he gets the ball thrown his way 18 times. How the hell are Eagles going to slow down
10: C.D. Lamb? <laughs> it's the offense doing long drives. I think that's the best way to do it. No, but uh, I think this is one of those games you, uh, I'd have slate travel. I, I know that there's been mixed reviews everybody saying, I know people were saying that. I just think that you put your best on best and say, you know what? You're not going to beat us. Slay, follow him around, and then you you just adjust everything else accordingly. Could that release some communication issues in that back seven? Yeah, sure, it, it really could. But well, they have I think those this,
5: issues uh, anyway, so I am yeah. have those issues anyway. So who cares? <laughs> good point. Um, yeah, you know, Sean DeSai's been I i talked about it a lot. You know, he he's gotten a lot of love, and I think for the most part, he's done a good job in a in a difficult situation. But, you know, I'm starting to think, you know what? At the end of the day, to go to Jody's uh, production routes, this isn't a very good defense. Um, Who's responsible for that? Howie Roseman? You know, when Shaq Leonard takes over, as I assume he's going to as a starting linebacker on this team, whether it's this week, next week, they're going to have four guys who weren't here at the start of training camp that are starting players. Roby and Nickel, Cunningham and Leonard at linebacker, Byrd at safety. That's a lot. There's only 11 players on defense. Um, now, part of it's injuries. Obviously, if Abonte Maddox was here, it wouldn't be a problem. Nicobe Dean, though, you could say it's the injury, but was it? He wasn't playing that well. Um, and Byrd was an upgrade but maybe that's about what you had before. Have we given Howie too much love? Who are we blaming for this mess in the oh, back geez. seven?
10: See, a lot of times I think it's just, it goes – when you look at personnel-wise, this goes to the outside shell where you just you focus on defensive linemen, focus on cornerbacks, and then everything else in the middle, you just roll with that. So I think the one thing, if anything, you think you look at linebackers, you got to look at personnel side. And I think also you got to look at the uh, – I think it's shared. I put Desai, I think how they should they, they share blame on this one. The reason being, I look at Desai, like if you know that the, your linebackers are having issues or you're weaker at that area, maybe you go to a different front. Maybe you go to a different look. I don't know if it's more, hey, let's use more big nickel or what have you, and, and then rely on those big defensive tackles, play them more, and hope they, they can stop the run a little bit so it makes it a little bit tougher. I, and I think overall, we look at that scheme as well, too. So, like, when guys – this late in the season are still having coverage breakdowns. You know, like they're confused. Maybe it's just time to scale back some of that stuff. Maybe just ramp it up a little bit more. It, it's reminiscent to me, like in the Super Bowl. Cause I remember that week before when you saw a couple guys, you know, like they're trying to work out how they were trying to mismatch in the locker room. It was like, and, like, and they were going at it for I'd be like 20 minutes. I was waiting for a question to ask. And I'm like, okay. And they're still going that way. I'm like, okay, I'll just go somewhere else. And then now you see it. Manifest stuff again. Maybe it's just the scheme itself. I hate it. That's right. And and we always, and I still harken back to Nick's opening uh, press conference where he say, you know what, you will want to make the defense simple and so let the playmakers fast and do their thing. And they
5: do the exact opposite. And
4: oh, by the way, John, to answer your question, with tongue firmly implanted in cheek, who do you blame? Derek Barnett. The domino effect that is Derek Barnett. (laughs) because oh he got paid God. eric's gone i mean they can't pay linebacker and they were gonna trade oh they're gonna trade they can get something for him they got nothing for him and he talked his way out of town at the very end it's all Derek Barnett's barnett
5: i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna what i'm gonna yeah he's choked. i'm gonna stick up for my guy Derek barnett i'll take it this way i'm gonna play drew rosenhouse Since Derek Barnett has left the organization, they've completely fallen apart on defense. Completely. I'll
4: get a a memo at his agent and let him know that Derek played. Did you know Derek played this week? Did you even know? I did not. He did. did He got in 14 snaps for the Texans. Guess what? Didn't hit the box score. Uh, He didn't take a penalty. I got to give him the thumbs up for that one. No stupid penalties. 14 snaps. You wouldn't have known it unless you were actually. Texans won the somebody. game
5: though, didn't they? Did the Texans win the game?
4: Because the Derek Barnett? come on, come hey, on. Hey man,
5: the Eagles are falling apart. Uh, the, 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 the connection is clear. You want to give
4: me an Eagle Texan bet between now and the end of the season who gets more wins? Hey. I'll Jack- take Philadelphia McMullen. If you're ready to back the Ter- Derek Barnett Texans uh, in a bet with the Eagles, since you're copping them now, I'll take as much as you want to put ob-
5: Obviously, this is shtick. But, uh, hey, the Texans are a game <laughs> behind uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm just saying. So the yeah, don't sleep on, Jane, on that team.
4: So are the Colts with Jane Steichen. Yeah. He he is. Now, here's well, now that's we'll, legitimate. We'll get, we'll get the ire of the yeah. streamers here. Shane Steichen has a better chance to win Coach of the Year than Nick Sirianni does. You heard it from my lips. I'm not telling you I would vote this way, but I'm telling you the way that the voting has gone forever, Shane Steichen can win Coach of the Year. Nick Sirianni has no chance whatsoever.
10: When you look uh, at what Nick, when you look at what Nick last year, you look at the the odds Nick had, and then you look at this year, the odds Nick had even with the hot one. Yeah, and I don't know what. It, it, everybody's just probably go. Oh, he had a better roster. We well, had that one, and look what he the other guys did. That's always going to be as long as this Eagles team is really good, like this, with all the, the guys they have yeah, on the roster. It's, he's going to Be
5: tough, correct? It's always going to be tough. Now you bring up Shane, but that's that brings us into Shaq Leonard, Chris. I mean, the Colts are in the playoff hunt, as Jody pointed out. They weren't supposed to be, um, and they got a real shot. And they said, you know what? We don't want Shaq Leonard. What does that tell you?
10: I think they're trying to go young and trying to go, especially build everything around Anthony Richardson. And even with the linebackers, we talked about earlier how it not being a position that everybody really, truly, like truly cares about. Look at the money he's making. I think they're like, you know what? Let's just cut bait now and just have everybody roll with this and try to build this young core. My only argument, real
5: quick, my only argument with that is they already paid him the money. They were going to pay him the money. I mean, you cut him after the season. We know that's coming. But why not use him if he's giving you something when you're trying to make a run towards the playoff? I, that's a little bit of a concern to me that they said, you know what? We're in the hunt, but we don't need this guy. That's a little bit of a concern. Yeah,
4: but you got to keep it in it- the, the exact context, too. They were five and five when they cut him. Now they're seven and five. Now they're legitimately in it. When they cut him, they were five and five coming out still- of a bye.
5: They were still in it, but yeah, it's looking better because they won. Uh, a couple games, but I don't know. Um, I think Adam is 61 out of 85 or something. Uh,
4: right. I, I'll, I'll sing a narrative for you here. And I don't know what to be the case, but I'm just uh, playing along here. He was a borderline beloved figure in. in oh yeah.
5: Battles. Oh yeah. And they had no a guy,
4: borderline. right. Yeah. They, they had a guy who had outperformed him. And they said, how can we sit the better player and tell Shaq, listen, you're down to 10 snaps a game or something. We'd rather cut him and let him do what he wants and uh, as a reward for his years of service here in Philadelphia rather than keep him as a back. All right.
5: Jody's giving you a positive spin. I like it. <laughs> trying. I'm trying.
10: <laughs> so like the Zach Ertz situation. This, this Indianapolis Colts Zach Ertz situation. It yeah. really is me. Uh, yeah.
5: Zach Ertz, is he coming, Chris Franklin? Is he next?
10: I, before yesterday I would said there was no way but now the fact the Ravens are out they like basically effectively said he's out I think it's in play i I don't know how because this team barely uses they don't throw the, yeah, they don't,
5: yeah. They, don't, they don't they don't even throw the ball to anybody not named AJ yeah. Devontae, or Dallas they don't even throw the ball to anybody else
10: it, it's and I'm looking at like how uh, I'm trying to figure out how it works like okay you add him on the field okay, who are you taking snaps away? Are you taking away? I, I know you can say, oh, a well, Quez, but you know how much they use Quez for the spacing part. Oh, immediately love for the blocking part and, and his ability to make big catches in certain situations. And then you know how much they love Julio. So, like, who are you going to... I'm looking at how you're going to incorporate and get Zach the targets that he would like. And then I'm also worried about, do you have Goddard going, like, oh, this guy's back. I guy. used to be the number one. I know I'm number one now, but does he start siphoning some of my catches away? Like, I think it's just... You're looking in those situations. You like, know...
5: It's not about the catches, Chris. It's about, I brought this up before to Jody and Tommy Lawler was on the show. If you're playing 12 with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard's got to be the inline guy. And he doesn't want to be the inline guy. (laughs) That is the problem. That is the problem to me. And it's like, Tommy was like Zach's, and he got better. Zach was a really poor blocker when he first got here, but he got better and he worked at it and he deserves credit. But if you have Dallas Conner and Zach Ertz and one's got to be in line, it's got to be Dallas.
10: Dallas is a better blocker. that's going to
5: piss off
4: Dallas. Yeah, see, I disagree with that. Uh, What is the drop-off from Jack Stoll being an in-line guy and Zach Ertz being an in-line guy? How much worse are they? Because, again, my whole thing about Zach is you lay it out for him before you ever sign. Zach, here's what we're going to use you for it's this, that, the other thing. It's not going to be this, that, or the other. That you used to be the tight end here. This is what we expect of you. This is how we're going to use you. If you're good with it, we can continue the conversation. If you're not, we'll get you tickets for the championship game, but we're moving in another direction. He has to buy in 100% to the way you're going to use him. And if that is when in 12 uh, personnel, he's the inline guy, he has to go, I'll give you everything I got blocking. I'll do whatever you guys ask. If he doesn't, then you'd move on. But I want to at least ask him that question.
10: And, and, well, I almost said something. Uh, that would have been a bad comparison. But no, it's like in you know, a man I'm saying, like I look at, and I'm not, comp- and before anybody says like, I'm not comparing Grant Calcaterra to Zachary whatsoever. I'm not doing that. But it's a similar to me. There's a similar type of guy. I, like I'm not going to use receipt like a receiving guy guy who can potentially be inside and potentially hurt you when it comes to the b- blocking aspect and i just want to get that he's better i'd rather have him if that's the case i'd rather see him split them out and just say okay you take over the julio role and you play that if that, anything like that okay yeah but i just look at it away like if i'm gonna to have to use them inside like and try to block on those if i need third and short fourth is short and you're trying to th- try to run a pass play on that I, I just don't see if you can keep leaving the urge to block and letting Goddard go out there. It's just to me, he, he, if you're gonna bring him here, he he needs to be a part of this in, in the passing game and, and frequently enough to warrant him being there for all the to outweigh all the yeah. potential issues that could happen later yeah, on. Zach
5: Ertz ain't playing the Jack Stoll role. I mean, yeah. uh, I, you know, it's Jack Jack's not Mark Bobaro. He's not if you use current tight ends, he's not Josh Oliver. 265 pounds. um, But he's a better blocker than Zach Hertz. And if you have, and Dallas, by the way, is a better blocker than both of them. He's a better blocker than Stoll. um, But Stoll's good enough to where you can feel comfortable saying, all right, this is not so weighted that I can play Dallas, He's a great receiver as well. I can play him in the flex role and put Jack in line. Nick's too good of a coach to do that. Put Zach, if he's got those two in the building and he's going to play him at the same time, Zach's got to be outside. Dallas has got to be inside. Then you're screwing up with the chemistry and then, and Dallas Goddard's not going to be happy.
4: All right, Chris Franklin, here's my, my last question for you. And I already put the CD lamb jinx out there that I think he's going to get 15 targets on Sunday. Um He's the one guy you got to stop if you're Shane Sike and you can't let C.D. Lamb beat you. flip Michael Parsons is a game wrecker. He had a sack and a half against the Eels the first time. He didn't wreck the game, but the Eagles had a tough time handling him. He had a, a, certainly an impact on the game. No one else on the cup, I guess Deron Bland because he gets pick six. Oh, by the way. Gino Smith lit up Daron Bland the <laughs> other day. A one-armed Gino Smith who couldn't throw the ball. Gino uh, was hot,
5: man. He was hot. He played a great game.
4: You Gino. want you want to talk about point guard? You don't think Purdy throws the ball well compared to Gino Smith? He's got a laser attached to his right shoulder. Gino is throwing ducks up there, and they kept landing in. Well, they got guys who go up and fight for the ball. Unlike Quez Watkins, so uh, just keeping it in its proper perspective. Um, how do you keep Michael Parsons from blowing up this game? If you are uh, the uh, Brian Johnson, how you scheming? What are you doing? Uh, you asking specific guys to do specific things. He's the only one who scares me from the Dallas defense. They're a solid unit. I'm not. I'm not saying they're a bad unit, but there's only one guy who legitimately scares me. That's Michael Parsons. How do you keep him from blowing up the game, Chris Franklin?
10: Looking back at that last game when they, those two teams played, I thought the biggest thing was the what Hertz was still dealing with that knee issue and he wasn't as mobile as he was beforehand. And you saw when they had success with him against it, they were able to play him in space, utilize that the the, uh, the zone read and, and, and the RPS all that stuff to get him in space to so make Micah just sit in space and, like, okay, yeah. I don't know. I think that's the way. If you make him think he's he's out and has to make a decision between two, I think you can really slow him down. And I feel comfortable enough that you're able to do that now with the way we've seen Hertz run. A, Run and he looks a lot more effective. I think that's how you do it. And then Mark, Mark I, I don't know. I just have a feeling there's no inside info, or whatever. Feeling we've seen the Eagles use that slant and go a lot recently oh, uh, 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 on uh, in these games.
5: Yeah, it was back.
10: Yeah, um, I could see you do. Call me. I don't know that first play of the game. I know we were talking about running and establishing a run early on. I think that's the perfect time to go at them. I mean, you can get an early lead, especially if you get if you get the ball first slant and go against bland because he's going to bite because you know he, he's he's very aggressive which is going to be nice but he can also lead to what happened last week and yeah. you have a,
5: and oh yeah you can take a double move same yep. thing with trayvon and trayvon yep. digs when he's healthy double move him. um yeah a wise man who likes to avoid all extremes i'll say that once told me if you can't block them <laughs> read them um <laughs> and that's that's sort of micah parsons um um uh, it was ironic, you know, uh, Chris, uh, you know, evidently, uh, he didn't even do the right thing on the play where he won the game. And he's so good. He was in there oh, yeah. 1.4 seconds, which is pretty yeah. And amazing. Um, yeah.
10: yeah uh, when that was explained, the fact that I was like, yeah, I went back and looked at that and I was like, you know see? what? Yeah, you see yeah. it. Like-
5: They're both at the sea gap. I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, damn. They they ran they didn't run what they wanted to run and he was back there in one point four seconds.
10: How and much I, you want to bet they of that one? There, yeah. that's being used next week. It's some variation that I got it. Yeah. All <laughs> right, Chris Franklin, I'm
4: going to ask you hold you to something you just said about Hertz that he's now running the ball better again somehow for twenty yards this past week. His average is forty yards a game. He's got eleven games, four hundred and thirty yards. So we need 39 yards a game. If you want me to set the over-under at 38 and a half, I will. Jalen Hurts rushed for more than 38 and a half yards, better than average game against the Cowboys this week?
10: 38 and a half. I'll check the under because I think it's going to be like 32, 30.
4: Uh, then, then, then how is that a key to keeping uh, Mr. Parsons from blowing up the game? He just told me Jalen's got to run it to – Keep Parsons no, because I think him. it's going to be
10: a lot. It's I think it's going to be a lot of third and fives, third and threes, and stuff like that for it. So that way, that is, and in that average though, Tush Push got that's one thing. you may get the touchdowns. That average goes down big time. But I think.
4: Yeah, that's you, why I didn't go average. I went total yard Yeah, because yep. Jalen's average, He can't even rely on because he does as many Tush Pushes yep. he does. That screws yeah. him. So that's why I'm saying total yards, 38 thirty eight and a half. If you're telling me Jalen's running is a key to keeping uh, Parsons from breaking up the game. He's got to do more than 38 and a half.
10: I, I hey all third right, and five, third right. and fours. So you're inside, inside there. You know you got to you look at that play sheet and the and cowboys got to worry about you passing the ball with that those receivers. I'll go on the edge. 35, get five, and we know how much he slides when he gets down. Like, oh field, see somebody around there. All right, go out of bounds, it'll just keep the drive going that way. So yeah, that's why. I remember got to Nixon
5: esoteric guy. He's talking about uh Quez Watkins stretching the field. It's the threat of Jalen Hurts pulling the football. Um, that affects. Yeah, but John,
4: you and I both have said the the threat has not been there this year. And uh, it was not.
5: Job. It was not there. Uh, you know when the threat it was not there when he was hurt. Um, It was there early in the season. Again, the effectiveness wasn't. He wasn't as effective, but people were threatened by it, and now people are threatened by it again. Basically, look at DeAndre Swift's good games. That's when you know the threat is there. That's when the threat is there. That's when he's got space. And that's when now last game was a blowout. So they stopped running the ball. That was part of it. But so you can kind of throw that one out. But yeah, when the threat is there, um, there's a lot more space for the running backs to do damage.
4: We know the threat is back because of the 65 yards against Buffalo. That's what you're telling me.
5: Um. They had a good game against Buffalo, didn't they? Yeah, he did. Back.
4: He had a good game. He ran for 65 yards. Yeah. So but um, that's the one game that you would go, all right. Heard well, you. no, he, he came heard.
5: back. He came back from the bye without the without the knee sleeve, and he was feeling better. Um, and, yeah, it, it was there last week and as he, well.
4: He didn't run it against Kansas City.
5: No, but, but the that threat was, the, was there. That was the
4: game after the bye.
5: But the threat was there. He was... He, and it, last week as well, it didn't manifest itself because it was a blowout. But right. so you don't know, but he's healthier and he's comfortable and he'll he'll run it if he needs to run it. And that helps the Eagles running backs. That's all I'm saying.
4: Um, and, uh, we're all talking theory here. In theory, you agree. I agree. Chris agrees. Now they got to go do it, and it is all going to be determined by how the Cowboys defend it. Do they show him the type of respect that they should with his ability to make a play? Chris Franklin says under 38 and a half. Yeah, I have to agree with you. For a different reason, Chris, I don't think he's back. I think the knee's still bothering him, and I think we saw that this not
5: Here's what I'm going to recommend, Chris Franklin. At C. Franklin News, number one, I'm going to recommend reading everything Chris writes on this particular team, NJ.com, everywhere you can see him in South Jersey. Um, I'm going to recommend that, and I'm going to recommend – no outside the numbers throws to Deron Bland's side. Don't even mess with it. Don't even mess. With it. You can go with the double move and go up the field. Nothing outside the numbers because he's got. You, you better just be the on one. time. You better be on time if you're trying to throw an out uh, on Daron Bland.
10: Yeah, you just do one because then you can set up the 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 slant the the screen and go. Just do one to get him in space. To like, I'm not afraid you can do it, but then you just go. You're kind of going to be we're kind of go leery and then go up and out on that one too. Just one. Don't don't live and, out
4: there and and use Quez to do it because he is the guy who. Drew no, it.
5: don't use Quaz to do it. Use use AJ. At least AJ can play defensive back. Uh, Chris.
4: Chris Franklin, thank you very much. You know, we love having you on the show. We will catch you up again uh, either next week or the week after. Thanks for jumping in today.
10: All right. Hey, thanks, guys. You have a good one now. Chris
4: thanks, Franklin, Chris. NJ.com, here with us on Birds 365. All right. back coming back. We got to put a bow on the show Tuesday. Getting close to moving on. They've turned the page, they flushed it. We'll see if uh, that's the case. Uh, come back with more on Birds 365 in just a sec.
8: Any professional sports coach will tell you
3: there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money
2: G L E S Eagles. All right,
4: we only got about a minute and change left here, Johnny Mack, before we got to make way for Billy C and the Power Hour here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Um, will this question be asked the way I asked it to Chris Franklin? Kenny Gainwell got more touch and more, more snaps than DeAndre Swift. Why? Will that question be posed, if not the exact same way, very similarly to the offensive coordinator today and coordinator Tuesday?
5: Yeah, I I assume it will be. It was asked yesterday to Nick, and he gave the answer I expected him to give because of the game and the situation. And I think that's not lying, and I think Brian's going to say the same thing. So I think it's going to be asked. Um, it was a blowout, so they had their 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 hurry up pass catching, blah, blah, blah. Now you can argue why is Kenny Gainwell in those packages? Mm-hmm. Those are his packages. So I think maybe the better framework is why is Kenny Gainwell in those packages? Right. And that the answer to that is, as Chris said, they really like Kenny Gainwell. Should they? It's a debatable point, obviously. Hasn't had a great season, um, but he's their best pass protector. Um, that's a big part of it, um, and it it is what it is. They don't, you know. I always say about the running backs and linebackers, they don't they don't value the positions, they don't pay the positions, so you can't expect to have Christian McCaffrey or Fred Warner. That's what yeah. happens.
4: I'm sorry, John. I can't expect the best guy to play. I do. I expect him to give me Christian? No. Like no, I get that. But if I've seen enough in 11 games to judge which is the better player, all around everything, in if you're always oh, well, you the pass place,
5: Swift has been more effective in the past game than then not not as a blocker. Not as a blocker, he has. All right, game.
4: now you're gonna make me give you an assignment. I need to know how many plays that Gainwell was in. Did he actually stand and block? I, if you're gonna hang your hat on that, and, and, and by, the way,
5: by, by the way, um, before we go, because I want to get this in, Lane Johnson is the Eagles nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award which is a big deal, obviously, in the NFL. So um, Lane Johnson, congratulations to Lane Johnson. Um, And as I said, that's a very big thing in the NFL. So 32 nominees, obviously, so it's not an easy award to win. Uh, But last year, I believe it was Brandon. This year it is Lane Johnson.
4: Good so luck, Lane. Not surprised that uh, he's nominated for such a prestigious award. All right, you want to be back with us tomorrow when John McMullen answers my question, how many plays did Kenny Gainwell stay in a block? How big a difference did that make? If uh, That's the reason Kenny Gainwell's playing. On, I need to know how many times they actually asked And
5: by them. the way, by, by, by the way, I'll be first that neither are good at it. Neither is Emmett Smith, but he's right, the I'm, best. I'm
4: not arguing that he's not the best. If you tell me he's the best, he's the best. I believe it. Well, if he, well, they he, think it's not important what I think. They if they, think. if he played 30 some odd snaps and he stayed in the block four plays, then w- what are we talking about here? He's, he's Well, I
5: mean, that's a third down back. That's not only the Eagles. If you're a third down back in the NFL, you got to pass protect. You got to pass protect. I mean, that's part of the role. Again, roles matter and that's part of it. And it it doesn't matter it might be 10 one week, it might be four, it might be two, you might be behind and everybody might be going out in patterns. And empty sets but if you're in that role you got to be a pass protector and the bottom line is the eagles don't have any good pass protectors but he's the best of the bad
4: right uh, i stand by what i said if if, if the, the amount of times that you're actually asked to do it in a game is then i don't care if you're the best pass but prote- i don't care if you're best pass blocker well, I mean, in the you're, league you're, you're, if you're, you're gonna do it eight percent of the time and snaps you play who the hell cares
5: well, I'm I, not, I mean, every NFL coach cares. I tell you that. If you're if you're in that role, you better be able to pass protect. Because uh, if you get your quarterback killed, oof.
4: I yeah. I would suggest uh, if Nick Sirianni is uh, of that mindset that he should be able to evaluate on his fly. Can't just say hey, this is our third down back. And he's our third back all year because we decided that way back in the preseason.
11: Well, gonna DeAndre, DeAndre,
5: could, and because he was at least at a reputation as a, a somewhat better blocker in Detroit. Not, not you know, not a great reputation, but he wasn't performing. He hasn't been a great pass protector this year, and he could get better at it. And it, it, remember, he wasn't the lead back for week one. They changed. Because he earned the job. He has not earned the job as a pass protect. Okay. Uh,
4: again, uh, if you're only going to use him to pass protect on so many plays during the game, does it really matter? All right. Uh, Mac it Mac does will be matter. Back. Well,
5: <laughs> Jesus. You're telling me pass protection from a running back doesn't matter in third-down packages in the NFL. It does matter, Jody. It's a big, big big deal in third how can it be a big big big
4: deal if it comes to fruition six plays of do you
5: you think the eagles are the only team that values pass protection from running backs if you actually ask them to stay in and pass
4: protect then yeah i think it could be of great value if you're not going to ask them to stay in and pass protect and you're justifying playing a lesser productive player over a more productive player due to the fact that he's a better pass rusher. A uh, pass blocker, but then you don't ask him to pass block. That makes no sense to me. I'm sorry, it doesn't it? Doesn't add up. I don't care what the, the the league has been doing for 40 years. I'm looking at this year, and if you're not asking the guy to actually pass block, I'm not going to use an explanation why he played yeah, more. I mean, he's I, pass block.
5: There's, like I said, there's trying to win an argument, and there's ignoring 50 years of history. All right, if you're a third down pass, if you're a third down back in the NFL. You got a pass block. That's part of the role. That's part of the job description. In Philadelphia, Washington, Dallas, Jacksonville, Houston, Denver, 32 different places. It's part of the role. And if All you're not good you know at what it. used to
4: be a part of a role in baseball? The bunt. And now when I take calls out, why didn't the Phillies bunt? Because nobody bunts anymore. The game changes and you have to keep it to your own particular Well, people still
5: pass protect. People still pass protect in the NFL. They might not be as good at at it as Emmitt Smith was back in the day, which is the reason we're going way long. I apologize to Bill. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. This is – I I mean, you should put your resume in to be an NFL head coach and say – oh, we don't need a running back to block. We can get an extra receiver out there. Running backs never block. I mean, just put on the game last night. Running backs got to pick up blitzes all the time. All the time. All the time. They're not as good at it. They're not as good at tackling. They're not as good at uh, a bunch of different things because the game has changed and they don't do as much of it on the college level. But it's still a big part of the sport. Not like bunting, which is not a big part of the sport. Pass protection is, if you can't block people, I'll say it all the time, you can't play offense. And running back's are part of that. They just are.
4: Uh, Yeah, we got to go. Um, we could argue for another twenty minutes. uh, Five guys, six guys who pass block on any given play. Running backs last. If you're telling me that that's a key element to pass blocking, a running back. Yes,
5: it's not as key as Lane Johnson, so it doesn't matter.
4: Kind of the point. So
5: it doesn't matter. All right, we'll be
4: back here tomorrow. Mac and Mac be back in two and two.
2: You've been listening to Birds Three (laughs) Sixty Five. on birds 365
11: support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant